Hi again, everybody. It's Matt Gardner from the California Technology Council. Thanks very much for joining us once again for this perspective on telecommunications innovation from our conversation with Dr. Marty Cooper, inventor of the cell phone. Before we get to that conversation with Dr. Cooper, please enjoy these words from a few of our partners. Each year, more than 16 million professionals take computer-based tests through Pearson View. With 20,000 testing centers around the world, we serve more than 450 clients across many sectors, from healthcare to information technology, government, financial services, military, and academia. We help develop, manage, and deliver our clients' testing programs, including licensure, certification, academic admissions, regulatory, and government testing. Whether progressing their careers or preparing for postgraduate programs, Pearson View enables people to take the next step in their own learning journey. Your data is valuable like your home or car. Whenever you browse, post, or shop online, you leave a trail of personal information behind. But you may find it difficult to understand what information companies are collecting and how they are using or sharing this data. At Allstate Identity Protection, we believe you should have more control over your online privacy, so you're not surprised when you least expect it. That's why we developed Allstate Digital Footprint the next generation of digital privacy management. For the first time, you can see where your data lives online and learn if you may have been affected by a breach. You can also request to unsubscribe from emails and delete your personal information. This may help reduce the risk of identity theft. Additionally, Digital Footprint provides privacy insights about companies and websites, including the ones you and your family visit every day. It all adds up to the most advanced identity protection available. Brought to you by Allstate, a company that's been safeguarding what families care about most for over 89 years. So go on, live your best life online. Allstate Identity Protection, now with privacy management, is here. Visit us to learn more. Don't look now. Chuck Norris is right behind you. I heard superheroes read Chuck Norris comics. I heard at night the boogeyman checks under the bed for Chuck. I heard cats say they have Chuck-like reflexes. You think he still got it? I'll bet you a buck he catches the salt shaker. You're on. Hey, Chuck! You owe me a buck. You can't always see what's coming, but when you choose United Healthcare, finding an in-network doctor that's close to home is easy. So what happened? I had lunch with Chuck Norris. United Healthcare. Okay, on this portion of our conversation with Dr. Cooper, we explore the digital divide and what's holding us back in achieving the meeting of that gap. So without any further ado, here's that conversation with Dr. Marty Cooper. Good morning. Can you, Thank you so much for being with us today. There you go. It's Marty, Matt. Thank you, Marty. Appreciate that. So well, we're really honored today to to spend this morning with Dr. Martin Cooper, uh, who while at Motorola in the 60s and 70s, uh, brought us the brick 
we're going to talk about the brick, Marty, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully give you some opportunities to uh, to talk about why the thing was so large. That's one of the fun things that we'll ask you about, and uh, as well as all the product innovations that came into that. But I really want to start, Marty, by pointing out that you've never stopped. You're still incubating. You've got a, sort of an incubator entity down in Southern California. Can you start maybe just it, by introducing yourself and talking about your current work with Dyna and what you're doing down there? Hi, I'm uh, Marty Cooper. Uh, great to uh, have you, uh, be on this program uh, here in uh, California. Uh, what I'm doing now, Matt, is uh, I am a member of the uh, Technology Advisory Council to the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, I'm still very interested in wireless. Uh, and very specifically, I'm concerned about the digital divide, about the fact that, that uh, access to the internet, broadband access is a really vital part of today's education. Uh, that makes broadband an essential service. And yet 40% of our population for one reason or another does not have broadband access. So uh, that is my uh, passion at the, at the moment. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of uh, many of the issues we want to ask you about, especially as the, the sort of the mobility era opens up opportunities to skip infrastructure steps. And so we'll, we'll come back to that topic. Uh, and that is one of the really important things that has happened with the cell phone, that we now make it possible for people who are remotely located to collaborate, to work together uh, to do uh, all of the big projects, and it's those projects that are making the world a better place to live in, uh, and that are eliminating poverty, that are going to eliminate disease in the future. So as you can tell, I'm a big advocate of, of personal communications. Yeah, and of course, now we can see that things like microfinance have led people to be able to pop up a small business anywhere and use their cell phone to drive it, right? So it's uh, incredible, all the waves of innovation that followed. Let's let's uh, talk about um, opening new worlds, Marty. The end of your book is very much about looking forward and a vision. And of course, you've, as we say, there's one thing you failed at, it's retiring. So you keep working on these ideas. Um, uh, if there was a good thing to fail at, Marty, it would be retiring. So thank you for staying at it. Uh, can you talk about, so, so specifically chapter 18 is about Healthcare 2.0, you talked about pagers in the medical environment um, and you set up, a, set up, uh, a, up a, a bit of a vision for Healthcare 2.0 in the book. Can you talk about sort of um, what this means to you now and uh, you know, what you think applications are gonna look like looking forward? Well, uh, healthcare uh, over the coming years is gonna be revolutionized by, uh, revolutionized by telemedicine. Uh, the pandemic has actually accelerated that. And, uh, the idea that you have to go visit a doctor for every uh, incident that occurs uh, has now become ludicrous because we haven't been able to do that and we learned how to bypass it. But there are some principles that are going to lead to a really extraordinary revolution. Uh, let me take a minute to describe that to you, Matt. Uh, think about what the word disease means. You know that your body, well, my body too, all of our bodies uh, are loaded with what I would call baddies, viruses, bacteria, uh, uh, ugly cells that don't belong, they're cancer cells. We all have them, 
but our immune system keeps everything under control. We call it disease when the immune system loses control. If there was a way of, of monitoring what goes on in your body and catch those baddies and destroy them before they actually become a disease, we have the potential of eliminating disease. The trouble is that some of these things happen very quickly and you have to be able to do this, uh, to monitor the human body in real time. And the only way to do that is to connect you, have sensors on your body and connect those sensors to something in the real world that can anticipate, that can figure out when you're about to be sick. But that potential is starting to be executed. We now know how to do things like anticipate uh, 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 heart disease because the, the biggest form of heart disease is where you start, uh, uh, where you get congestive uh, lung failure, start accumulating fluids in your lung. And we know how to sense that now with a device that sits on the surface of your body. So if your DNA says that you are subject to congestive heart failure, and we'll tell you where this thing, this uh, device, which will connect to your cell phone, kind of ludicrous now to call it a cell phone, isn't it? Uh, and and uh, if, if you get a heart attack, we will know it. Our computer will anticipate that. It will tell you to pop a pill or go see a doctor uh, and you will avoid that heart attack, uh, which very likely will have saved your life. If you extrapolate that one thing to all of the other diseases that we are learning how to anticipate, there is a potential. It's not going to happen in one generation. It's not going to happen in, uh, in 10 or 20 years. But generations from now, the whole idea of, of having a disease it will have disappeared. We have the vision that we could eliminate disease completely. So Marty, one of the things that's so interesting about your background and, and applying it to healthcare um, systems is that a lot of those things that you just described are based on very similar concepts of signaling, right? There are cell signaling pathways that give us early warning indicators of a lot of these things. Science Magazine has a whole division of people uh, in a special interest group called Signal because of cell signals. And of course, there are lots of devices in the body that work like really small electromechanical signaling and, and pathways. So uh, has that been a useful background for thinking about healthcare applications for you? Well, uh, uh, everything that we talk about involves networking, connecting things to uh, other things. So uh, certainly uh, you, you've got to have the, the connections and that's an interesting way that you put it, Matt. I never thought about it. But the whole process starts in your head, doesn't it? And and to think about what your nervous system is, uh, what we uh, amateurs call the brain, it is nothing but a whole bunch of actually eight billion neurons, networking elements, which are, are all neurons are, and each of these neurons has an average of a uh, uh, couple of thousand little feelers that go out from them. Uh, that is what thinking is in the human brain. 
uh, you can extrapolate that to think about networks going around the world and connecting people together uh, and making the, the communities uh, thinking elements just like the brain is. It's, it, the, that capability is going to increase productivity uh, in, in, so that we will not only have solved the healthcare problem, but we will eliminate poverty. We've already started to do that. You know, you started out the the session today talking about the ability in, in Africa uh, with things like M-Pesa, where people had never had the ability to save money, to move money from one place to another, uh, can now do that. Uh, and the United Nations did a study that said that over a billion people moved out of severe poverty in Africa uh, almost solely because of the, uh, the presence of, of cell phones. So it, it kind of uh, minimizes the importance uh, of, uh, of the smartphones uh, in the modern world. We have only just started to understand how to use these phones, but here in Africa, uh, they, they have already made huge progress because of the presence of the cell phone. Uh, and even in the healthcare area where we're just starting, in places like Mexico, there are villages uh, in Mexico, still experimental, where a doctor uh, in Mexico City can do an eye examination on a patient in a village that not only doesn't have a doctor now, but never will, but with a little device that costs a few dollars stuck on a cell phone, they're able to measure uh, uh, whether a person has disease in their eyes. Uh, similarly, there's a, a very inexpensive device that, that doctors in Mexico City can do uh, measure a, a uh, sonic picture uh, of, a, uh, of an embryo in a pregnant woman in Tijuana. So all of these things are not dreams anymore. Uh, they are actually starting to happen, Matt. We, these, all these revolutions are actually in place now. They got accelerated by the pandemic. Uh, and especially the one, if you'll forgive me for leaping forward, uh, on education, which as I told you at the beginning uh, is my passion now. The whole concept of education is getting revolutionized. We're learning that the ability to be, to put a, a supercomputer in a person's hand that has access to all the knowledge in the world uh, is going to make our kids smarter than we were to have bigger brains than, than we have. Uh, the, and, and the only problem with that is you can't envision a society where those people who had access to all of these modern tools uh, end up with bigger brains and the rest of the people, the 40% of uh, left behind uh, have smaller brains and less capability. That's just not acceptable. Would you agree with that, Ben? I would, and I, I think you, you'd raise a whole bunch of uh, remarkable points about sticking points that we're at in society. And you mentioned earlier the digital divide. So I wanna bring a couple of those things together here, Marty, to ask you about that. Because if we were, um, I've been on the soapbox for a little while, so forgive me for soapboxing. I'm gonna step on my soapbox just for a moment. It would be possible now already if we'd finished the last mile for a kid in the poorest town anywhere in the country to self-teach 
all the way to certificates and degrees in things like data science and get a $100,000 job if they had access to the hardware to go through those self-taught courses. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited about our Udacity partnership. So for those that missed it at the beginning, we announced yesterday, you can get 60% off of Udacity courses through CTC. Go to our front page, check it out at californiatechnology.org. That's, to me, deep and meaningful because if you're in Redding or Northern Minnesota in the traditional Iron Range or even Marty in the suburbs of Chicago, you can take self-paced courses outside of the traditional academic system and get six-figure jobs in data science and AI and some of these fields uh, with certificates as opposed to conventional four-year degrees. You may not have the full systems knowledge that you would from going through a degree program, but you've got applications that the market needs and is very thirsty for. And the limiting step still seems to be the last mile. So why haven't we finished addressing the digital divide? It's been We've certainly been conscious of it. When Pac Bell merged back into uh, become the new AT&T version after SBC kind of remerged a few of these companies together and uh, sort of uh, came back out as, as AT&T after all that, one of their deals in California was to create a digital divide initiative that still isn't done working. It's been decades that we've been addressing the digital divide and it isn't done. Why have we not finished this equation? And that starts out uh, as uh, usual with the politicians. Uh, Congress has made it very easy for the carriers, the people like Verizon, AT&T, uh, and to lesser extent, uh, T-Mobile, uh, to uh, do things that are not necessarily in the public interest. I'll tell you what you care about in the things that you just described uh, that uh, benefit society. You want there to be coverage everywhere and you want people to be able to afford it. The carriers, on the other hand, are looking to their future businesses uh, and they see this thing called the Internet of Things that where they can connect factories, they can connect sensors, they can control water and electricity systems. And, that, and they see this as being a huge opportunity for them long range. So they're working on the Internet of Things. They haven't finished as you very correctly on your soapbox just now pointed out, they haven't finished the internet of people. The technology exists today, and I know that this is true just from experience, because I understand the technology, Matt, the technology exists today to be able to cover virtually everybody in the country with cellular service, with connectivity that, that gives people access to the internet, at prices they could afford. If, if the Congress didn't make it so easy for the carriers to use their huge economic resource to buy up the radio spectrum to keep other people out of the business, then we would have the ability to cover everybody. And that is essential. Having uh, internet access, I, I, I'm really just uh, promoting exactly what you were talking about, is now as important as food and water. It really is. And, and uh, until people recognize that uh, and, and make sure we understand that everybody has the right to have a, a, a affordable uh, broadband wherever they are, uh, we're uh, still gonna, we're gonna have what we call this digital divide. And uh, as I keep repeating, that is uh, unacceptable. So I wish everybody on this show good luck. And, and Matt, thank you so much for the uh, 
great uh, interview and for letting me spout so much. Marty, it was a real honor. Thank you for your time today and thanks to all for being here. All right, that's all we have for you today in this conversation with Dr. Marty Cooper. Once again, it's Matt Gardner for CTC. You can find more information at californiatechnology.org and we invite you to explore the calendar and all of our member benefits. Uh, if you'd like to know more, you can contact us at join at californiatechnology.org. Thanks very much for being with us. We look forward to speaking to you next time.